welcome to Inspired by Cass. I'm your host, Cassie Sheaf. This is a podcast where absolutely no topic is off limits. I'm creating a space for you to come to, to be inspired to live a life that is authentic, bold, and bigger and better than you have ever imagined. Hello, beautiful soul, and as always, it is such an honor to have you here. Today's episode is obviously a podcast interview, and I am so excited to introduce you to Ali Skiba. So Ali and I have like mutual friends um, in the online space, and I just honestly thought that it would be a perfect opportunity to just get her on right now. Um, just because there's a lot of momentum happening in her world. So Ali has actually recently been featured on The Voice Australia, um, which I just thought was so fucking powerful to witness sound healing crystal sound bowls and just her beautiful magic and her beautiful voice um, in mainstream sort of like media. And so uh, I obviously am very, very passionate about sound healing, given that I obviously do it myself. And I just really wanted to bring this conversation to you guys just to give you some insights into the world of sound healing. So uh, I'll give you a little bit of info. This is Ali's bio, just so you guys know what to expect. So Ali holds retreats and workshops globally, as well as offers one-on-one mentorship to support her fellow lightworkers and stepping into their soul aligned business. Ali is based in Australia right now, and she provides transformative experiences for individuals and teams to raise their vibration and tap into their highest potential. She uses a unique combination of breathwork, sound healing, meditation, and voice activation. Ali helps people reconnect with their innate self-healing abilities to alleviate anxiety and depression, prevent burnout, and boost mental performance. And as I said, she's recently been on The Voice, and she's really trying to pioneer bringing sound healing into the mainstream, which is one of the main reasons why I felt like this is the perfect time to bring her on. She is a medicine woman. She is a sound healer. She's a voice activation coach. And I just know um, that you're going to love this conversation. We spoke about plant medicine. We spoke about our sort of like practices that we do. She also used to be in the corporate world. So she's just shares her journey um, into sort of like stepping into this more holistic, uh, world. So, uh, I know you guys are going to love this. I'm very, very excited. I really hope that you enjoy it. Connect with Ali if you feel called. Obviously all of her links are going to be below. Welcome back everyone to another episode of Inspired by Cass. And obviously today we have a podcast interview with the amazing Ali, and I'm very excited to be diving into one of my favorite topics, which obviously is sound healing and voice activation and just using sound to heal the mind, body, and soul. And I thought, who better to have on the podcast to have this conversation than Ali? So I'm going to throw it over to her so that she can introduce herself. Thank you so much. Pleasure to be here. Yes. Um, to all the listeners, my name is Ali Skiba. I am a singer. I'm a sound healer. I'm a voice liberation coach, breathwork facilitator, and a recovering corporate executive <laughs> who has found uh, other ways to uh, to survive in this world and um, not only survive, but thrive doing what lights my soul on fire. So um, yeah, it's a pleasure to be here. Mm, I love this. I really feel like you and I have some you know, some crossovers in our, in our journeys and obviously our passions and stuff. And I just know that we're going to be able to really bring a really beautiful conversation together today. So uh, I would love to just talk about, obviously, if, if no one was able to sort of pick up on the accent, um, Ali is uh, from California, a bit of a California accent. Um, and you are currently living here in Australia. So uh, why don't we just kind of, before we go any further, dive into this kind of like world travel that we were just like briefly speaking, because obviously I'm about to go on a bit of an adventure. So talk about what it was like for you just kind of like obviously going through some type of awakening, coming out of that corporate world and really venturing into this new space. Yeah. So it was, um, I'd say a culmination of dark nights of the soul in San Francisco. Mm. I had, um, 
I had reached this point of quote unquote success. I had the dream job uh, living in the dream city. I had got my electrical engineering degree, um, not because I was passionate about electrical engineering, but because as a kid, I was, you know, like everyone is programmed that you need to make as much money as possible, get the best degree, work hard. And, you know, even considering what lights your soul on fire, what makes you feel good, like that wasn't even a thought. And so I spent most of my life silencing my, um, you know, intuitive, emotional, sensitive, feminine elements, and really mm. was very much so um, in my masculine, you know, um, not referring to gender, obviously, but energetic um, uh, elements of of just do structure, strategize, calculate, um, sort of force all the pieces into the right place. So that brought me to San Francisco working, um, you know, I was getting paid great money. I was working, uh, yeah, as a program manager, engineering program manager. And, um, but I was miserable. I was anxious. I was depressed. I was covered in adult acne. I was binge drinking, eating, smoking, all the things. I was drinking like a bottle of wine every night. I was smoking my brains out, weed, cigarettes, vape. I was, uh, I was just trying numb because I didn't really know what else to do. You know, sometimes when you're mm. in that place, you really don't know the way out. And, uh, then it wasn't until I got my heart absolutely smashed by uh, a man I thought I was going to marry. And then I realized, oh, shit, well, that fell to uh, pieces. And so then I realized, well, hold up. I don't really like this job. I don't really care for this city. I mean, San Francisco's great, but it was just kind of it was cold and, and windy. And, and um, uh, I'm a beach girl. So uh, I just. I threw myself into yoga. Um, I mm. had a friend who was, um, she had put on some weight and she's like, I'm going to go to yoga teacher training and um, uh, lose a bunch of weight. <laughs> I was like, okay, but I'm going to join you and uh, maybe I can make a new career out of this. Next thing you know, I did my yoga teacher training um, and the all or nothing in me ended up within a year later I quit my job I sold all my belongings and I booked a one-way ticket to work on a boat in the Caribbean teaching yoga and playing music in Panama because why not um when you have zero f's left to give um I was really in a position of like you know what let's just see what happens so I only booked one ticket um was to Panama and I decided I'd let the rest flow um, and that led me on a journey about a year and a half, 16 countries, five continents. Um, and I was very much so looking for answers. I was looking for answers from every guru, every shaman, every healer I could find, um, because I truly believed that I was broken. Um, and mm -hmm. I was hoping someone would have a remedy to fix me because I couldn't dare look inwards. <laughs> I mean, I did do, I mean, from ayahuasca in Peru to um, meditating 10 hours a day, 10 days straight in Sri Lanka, I tried a lot of different things. Um, and, uh, you know, it was a very, um, yeah, existential acquisition, inquisition that sent me, yeah, around the world, ended up in Bali, uh, having my mm. own version of eat, pray, love, but it was more like eat, pray, cry, eat, repeat, because I was just very, very lost and unsure um, what I was doing. And there was this ticking time bomb of what happens when you run out of money. And then so it turned into this like, you have three months to live. You have two months to live. You have, oh, you're going to die. Oh, no, you're dying. So, um, yeah, I ended up broke in Bali, well, running out of money. And I had a friend who I met in San Francisco and she had relocated back to Australia, Australian. Um, and she said, well, why don't you just come stay at my place in Manly? I'm going to go to Europe for three weeks. And uh, I was like, okay, all right, let's do it. So I did and um, couldn't help but fall in love. I mean, if any anyone listening has been to Manly, I know. Uh, have you been to Manly? I have, yeah. Oh, it's just a dream. Like literally I have to pinch myself that I, I get to live here. Um, but yeah, I came to this country and within those three weeks of her being away in Europe, I ended up uh, going back to corporate, getting a visa, getting a sponsor, um, 
getting a lease signed and getting that safety and stability that I really didn't realize how much I needed because traveling a year and a half in a backpack, I felt, oh, this is so liberating and so freeing and it looks so cool on Instagram, but I was dying. I just hated the idea of constantly packing up and not having a home. And um, so it was really, really crucial for me to um, find you know, sanctuary and, and to uh, get a roof over my head that I could call my own. And um, this, this land, this country has just been so supportive for me, so healing. And I've found so many beautiful people here. So that was four years ago, a little over four mm. years ago. And um, yeah, uh, needless to say, I'm, I'm no longer in the corporate space, but hey, thanks for the visa. Um, <laughs> and uh yeah, so now I'm doing the work that I've been put on this on this earth to do. So that's a, a long-winded answer. <laughs> How did mm, you get here? No, it yeah. was beautiful, and and I guess so. And the reason why I wanted to ask because I could just feel it was so reminiscent. Obviously, the journey that I'm about to to go on myself. You know, packing up, going, putting my life into a suitcase, buying a one way ticket, and just seeing where the world takes me. Um, so I love that. It's so beautiful. And I would just, I mean, again, I, I resonate so deeply as well with, you know, coming from that corporate life, the listeners would know that I used to be a bank manager before I decided my life was definitely not the life that I wanted to live. And so I just, I love that. What was, had you done yoga before, like venturing into that? Or was this just like, literally like, fuck it, let's just do it. I had done some yoga. I wasn't really a practicing yogi by any means, but um, mm. yeah, after that teacher training, I was, um, yeah, it, it opened my eyes to a world I didn't realize. And it was amazing because it was like learning how to tune into your own magic through breath, through movement, through meditation and learning about the philosophy and the ancient wisdom from the yogis mm. and, and the Sanskrit texts and the Vedas and Oh, it blew my mind. I felt like I was finally somewhere I belonged or cared to study in, you know? Um, yeah. Yeah. Look, I'm not a I'm not a yogi myself, but I've I've learned just a little bit about what actually you, you know you dive into and learn in yoga training. I'm like, oh, that just feels so enticing for me just to kind of learn all of that, that beautiful kind of like wisdom. So and I want to ask as well for this this cruise ship that or the ship that you were on. So that was that when you started. I know you were doing yoga there. Did you do sound healing and stuff on that too? So it wasn't a cruise ship. That definitely no. wouldn't have captivated my attention. It was a it was a catamaran in Panama. Um, oh. Through a connection of uh, one of the women from my yoga teacher training, she said she met this guy while she was on a surf trip, and he said he's looking for yoga teachers to join. Um, you know, his crew. So mm. I was, I brought my guitar. So part of my, you know, uh, travel gear was literally a half size guitar. And I think it was like a 32 liter backpack. Um, it was oh a gosh. small, it was not small. Or maybe it was like, yeah, it was pretty small. And I don't know how we measure backpacks in liters, but you know what I mean? Cause we're yeah, all putting yeah. water <laughs> in our backpacks. Um, and so I had um, not a lot, but I had the guitar. So I offered, um, I was also boat hostess. So the main mm. kind of job he had me doing was cooking and cleaning and teaching yoga. And of course he heard that I was a muso um, and he was like, oh, can you also play music for the guests and this? And I was just like, yes, whatever, let's do it. And, you know, the first job I had on that boat, he's like, all right, so here's the mosquito zappers. I need you to go into the dark crevices of the boat and wake up all the mosquitoes <laughs> and kill them. And I was like, right, Captain, we are doing this. Uh, and then next thing you know, it was like, so the toilet's broken. It's squirting shit out of this end. Uh, can you just make sure to clean that? And I'm like, right. Aye, aye, Captain. So it was a really humbling experience mm -hmm. of like chipping little specks of paint off this boat with like a, a little razor. It was full on like uh, wax on, wax off kind of um, karate kid um, vibes. And I think it was, it was fully necessary for me to, um, to get a taste of that as my first, uh, mm. you know, first stop. I feel like that would have been such a, just like contra like contradicting energy to obviously like coming from that corporate world to be like, Hey, get on a boat, 
you know, fix the toilet, all of that. And like you said, a very humbling experience. And I just thought I'd let the listeners know, just for comparison, a 32 liter backpack is definitely not very big from, from some of the research I've done, although I'm not going to be traveling with a backpack, I'm just going to do suitcases, but most people are traveling with like a 70 liter. So like the fact that you lived for 18 months with that, I'm so, so impressed. Oh yeah. The amount of YouTube videos I watched on like how to completely downgrade and, uh, just, you know, simplify all your things. I mean, yeah, it was kind of nuts how minimal I I went. But then it was just you throw things out and you buy new things and then you realize how much you don't, you know, how much you don't really need. And uh, what you do need is, you know, critical. Mm, I completely agree. I mean, obviously with with my travels uh, coming very quickly I'm starting to just kind of like get a very good idea I'm like I'm actually genuinely really excited to almost just simplify my life down to like one suitcase and and just kind of like live out of that you know again I might get sick of it after a while like you did but I'm like I'm excited for that kind of aspect to just like kind of like live that more simplistic life yeah oh it's a beautiful experience and I think everybody um, should at least have have the chance to try it once but yeah it's it's not for uh not for everybody I bet I bet all right so actually before we get into the sound healing component and really chat about that I would love to just because I've spoken on the podcast before about um you know my use of like psychedelics and stuff like that I haven't done ayahuasca but I have done um, water tumor or San Pedro and actually have an episode on that guys if you wanted to listen but I just thought wow I have someone on here who's actually done ayahuasca especially in Peru which is on my list of destinations for the same reason do you want to just mm. give us a little bit of an insight into what that experience was like Oof. well it's mm. hard to put into words um uh, let's just say I don't think I needed the second or third cups that I went for but uh yeah, it was, I think I, I think I went a little too far, to be honest, mm. um, too far into the other galaxies. All in all, though, you know, it really just depends who you do it with and where you do it. And just because I was in Peru doesn't mean it was the safest circle and the most uh, qualified shaman who wasn't even from Peru, um, <laughs> mm. some, uh, you know, corporate escapee turned shaman yeah. who, uh, you know, but at the end of the day, I, I I did get some beautiful messages and learnings because that's what happens on the plant medicines, regardless if it's ayahuasca, wachuma, you know, um, mm. mushrooms, what have you. Um, you get these assignments, you get these messages, and then you know in your core that they are 100% legit. So one of the main messages I got through my ayahuasca journey was you have to share your story. And the universe has put countless microphones underneath me and podcast opportunities so thank you um because I was convinced that I'd have to write this book which I still will at some point but um I so much prefer speaking and uh being asked questions as opposed to just like whipping up an empty document and starting with my whole life story so this is an honor to to share and every time I I'm on a podcast it's like a therapy session for me to process mm. all the things um so yes Ayahuasca, though, um, is a biggie, is a biggie. So mm. if you are looking to do plant medicine, start with a meditation practice. Like, don't blast yeah. your brain off to outer space if you don't have a solid grounding, you know, internal frame of reference, because it can be very damaging for some people. Um, so mm. you really want to practice with caution. Yes, absolutely. Please, guys. And and I've again, I've spoken about this a bit. Um, because I, I, I do love plant medicine, but you really do need to be in the right headspace. And I, and I've, I've advised particular people against it because I've known them well enough. And I'm like, that is, that's going to fuck you up. It's not going to do you any good because you're just not in the right space. Come back to me, you know, when you've really done that internal work a bit more. So please, please guys, please be mindful of that. Yeah. And I, I love mushrooms. I'll just say it out mm. in the open. I love mushrooms. I microdose regularly and, um, and it's a beautiful, beautiful addition and enhancement to my embodiment practices, whether it's yoga or breath work and, you know, whether I'm doing a sound healing or, or singing and creating, it's just beautiful, beautiful medicine. So, um, yeah, I can't speak highly enough about, uh, 
the golden teacher. <laughs> I, yeah, huge advocate for mushrooms, also microdose. I personally have found, again, I haven't obviously had ayahuasca, but I prefer mushrooms to Huachumo or San Pedro. I've always found that I've had, I just, I just, I've always had such a better and, and stronger experience in my opinion. Yeah. I don't know how you feel comparing the two. Feel the same? Yeah, well, the mushroom kind of ceremonies that I've done with larger mm. doses have been guided by myself and a few of my best yeah. friends. And so the the Wachuma or San Pedro and the ayahuasca have been other people facilitating and sort of offering their own doses and not really sure where my dose sits. But because with mushrooms, I've gotten so familiar with where my boundaries are and how much I can handle, like it just feels so much more safe when I'm you know, get an Airbnb with a group of my besties. I'm doing this next weekend. I'm like, yes. we're going to Mudgy and we're just going to like, you know, have a beautiful ceremony together and give each other space to, you know, trip out and go deep in uh, with mm. our own playlist, our own picnic blankets. And then we come back at the end of the day and share our beautiful learnings and cry laughing and um and enjoy you know a delicious cheese platter of sorts it's just for me that feels so much more therapeutic than um being with a bunch of strangers with a bunch of people that are kind of wearing these hats of like i can heal you and don't no 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 talking now it's not your time you know and i i don't know i think it's just it's such a delicate space especially when you're still tripping and somebody's telling you you need to do something right or wrong or whatever um and that was my experience with ayahuasca just just to close on that i think my body takes a bit longer to process things because mm -hmm. by the time they're closing the ceremony it finally hit me like full throttle and they're like I need you to sit up. We're closing the ceremony. And I'm just like, blah, completely like I had all my crystals on me and they're just like disintegrated everywhere around me. And I was just like trying to find my mittens, but not sure where my hand and my mitten began. And, and so um, it was like, wow, mate, why'd you give me that third cup so late? Because I mean, I was looking at him like, I'm not feeling it. I'm not feeling it. So he just kept giving me more. And then it was just like, Ooh, so it's a delicate dance. So mm. if you have uh, possibly a, a slow metabolism, um, yeah, tread with caution. Don't go after that first cup or that second cup. Absolutely. And again, I've had a very, very similar experience for the, I, I love just getting an Airbnb, going with my friends and just sitting in ceremony together and just being able to, to lead ourselves um, because I don't like being told that I can't talk and I want to be yeah. able to move. I want to be like, cause I do, I, I for me, plant medicine is always a very um, somatic experience where I need to move. And it's like, you know, you need to just sit in this position and, and shut up. And it's like, but I literally want to move. I actually find, I don't know what an experience has been like for you, but I often end up making a lot of uh, throat mm. kind of like noises when I take mushrooms, it's always what leads me in. Um, Whereas that wouldn't have been welcome when Ooh, I'm sitting yeah. in a circle. Yeah. So I, I think that's why, again, like I just think that because obviously, you know, mushrooms are a little bit more easier to get our hands on. If, you know, doing it in your own space is just so much more powerful than those kind of more structured things. Again, my experience. Yeah. And, and, you know, with all this medicine, it's like just maintaining that deep reverence and respect for the plants because, so many people just sort of dabble with this as a party drug and they're like, Oh, it's fun. Let's trip out. And it's like, no, this is sacred medicine. So if anyone listening is considering, you know, um, dabbling in this realm, like treat, treat the plants with the utmost respect, set intentions, make sure your body is clean. Your vessel is open and ready to receive. Um, yeah, I could go on and on. <laughs> I know I could, again, I, I could, I could talk all day on that. <laughs> I guess on mushies coming up. Exactly. I, I probably, I probably do need to do an updated one. Um, I love that. All right, my love. So let's, let's chat a, talking about obviously uh, the throat and the sound dealing with that, knowing that that obviously is such a, a core part of you and your, and your medicine. So, uh, knowing that obviously you were traveling the world with your guitar um, and you obviously have that musician background, what led you into kind of like what you're doing now? Yeah. So I, 
wouldn't have imagined me doing what I'm doing now in a million years. Uh, it was not something on the list of degrees to get when you're a kid just trying to figure out who you want to be. Um, I came upon this work through through my dark nights of the soul, through that journey around the world. I was, you know, um, I spent two months in India at a music ashram. Uh, and I started studying with the Himalayan singing bowls just to understand how to use sound to support, you know, um, whether it's physical body or, you know, uh, relieving anxiety and stress. Um, so I started studying with the Himalayan singing bowls and, and I still was kind of reserved in my vocal, um, you know, expression. I, having played guitar since I was a teenager, you know, I, I could, I, I used the guitar as kind of my, um, I would hide behind it and the chords and I would pretty much stay within the range of the chords and the songs. And I wouldn't really go too far into the wacky, creative, you know, ethereal sounds. It was very much, um, uh, the unknown was scary territory for me. And, and as I started to study with the bowls and then dived into breathwork, which, um, took it a step further by the time I got into Bali was um, instead of the gentle pranayama yoga breathing, um, it was, well, not all of it is gentle, but uh, this was more like trauma release breath work where we're doing deep mm -hmm. continuous cyclic breathing. And through that process, something cracked open in me because for me, I, I realized I had a lot of healing that I needed to do and a lot of anxiety that I was facing and depression that was coming in and out. And um, I feel like I couldn't really access the the true potential of my voice with the weight of all my pain and, and all my, um, yeah, all, all the shadow work that I had yet to even, um, uh, you know, look at. Um, so mm -hmm. it was through my healing journey to answer your question through my healing journey uh, that I really stepped into opening my voice and exploring different sounds. So with the, you know, with this, uh, the singing bowls, I would take myself through a breathwork practice and then I'd put all the bowls around me and I'd hold my breath and then I'd ding all the bowls around my head on my body because I got seven from this course, one for each energy center in the body. And, uh, and then I felt just the desire to to sing and to create noise and to start to explore my own wind instruments. And um, yeah, the more I got out of my head and the more I learned to let go of the control because it's mm. so multifaceted and, you know, control in career, control in life, control in every, you know, element of the universe and letting go of control of my voice and letting whatever wants to come through was a massive shift and then moving to you know instruments that don't necessarily have chords or structure I mean the crystal bowls have a, a frequency that they work with um but like for example starting to work with the medicine drum just finding a beat and letting myself just tone whatever wants to come out as opposed to these are the words this is the key this is the melody and repeat um and I found it, it took a while to step into that to really feel comfortable doing it. I had to make a lot of ugly, weird sounds to get even close to what I now um, feel uh, is, is more accepted. Um, and, and what was recently debuted on the voice uh, Australia, which I'm just so grateful that that was so well received. And I had that opportunity, but um, it's been a massive unfolding and unlearning of all the things that I feel have been sort of placed upon me through programming from childhood from just old stories limiting beliefs you name it mm. I was going to ask about the voice later because <laughs> um, <laughs> I figured I figured it would be very very remiss remiss not to to ask what that experience was obviously like. So just Baba on that topic. So for the listeners, yes, Ali was recently on the Voice Australia, which was just a I don't know. It was just it was so beautiful to just see something like that into like the mainstream just kind of like realm. So I would just love for you to just kind of like share what that entire experience was like for you. Yeah, absolutely. Um, whew, it was quite a journey. I had no intention or desire to, you know, be commercialized and to mm. be molded into some mainstream pop star. 
Um, and in fact, I was never even interested in a chair turn. Um, but I was after I had got my permanent residency visa and I knew I had a year before I was, you know, clear to quit my corporate job and really step into my business. Um, I thought, how can I impact the most people with a single, whether it's a video, whether it's a performance, whether it's a post, how can I get the most impact? And then I overheard a friend talking about her partner um, auditioning for The Voice. And I was like, ah, maybe I'll just go on TV. <laughs> yeah, let's do that. So Nick, one thing led to another. And next thing you know, I was brought in for an audition um, uh, and or called in for an audition. I brought my guitar and I brought my medicine drum, a beautiful drum I made uh, at a ceremony down in Barrie. And so I uh, gave them a dose of, you know, Allie plays zombie cranberries or hurt Johnny Cash or hallelujah. And then I um, explained to them about, you know, the work that I do and the medicine drum and um uh, had them I invited them to close their eyes and breathe into their heart and then I allow whatever allowed whatever sounds to come through come through and uh, yeah so um, let's just say I yeah it got me on the show and uh, they were more than happy to support me in using the the crystal bowls they pretty much were like well whatever you want to do because if you could do that, let's just do that. So yeah. um, it was sort of an exception that they made for for me as an artist because they don't really let you uh, just make shit up on the stage as you go because that was pretty much what I told them I'd be doing. I said, I'm channeling and I, I'm not going to be able to tell you what it is before, but it'll be something like this. It'll be pretty. <laughs> mm. I'll have my bowls. And, um, yeah, I felt very much so it was like a call of duty you know like this is this needs to happen and I was very um a mix of playful and excited but also very serious and like no this needs to happen and um uh yeah when they didn't turn their chairs you know they ended up coming up on stage and um yeah it was it was really special and the the response has just been so beautiful and I'm so happy that people have received my medicine with with loving ears and open arms and, and hearts. So it's mm. been a massive journey. Yeah, I as I said, I think it was just so beautiful to just have that for you to just be out. And especially because, you know, as you said, you were channeling, right? Like you were really bringing such a different energy to, to that sort of like, I don't know, mainstream media. I don't know what you want to call it, but to what everyone's probably really used to seeing. And I just thought, oh, we're progressing. Yes. I mean, the fact that they allowed, you know, me to get up there with crystal bowls on the show, mm -hmm. it shows that there is definitely an awakening of sorts taking place, you know, you know, in the mainstream. And at the end of the day, you know, the people that control those television shows, they're all humans with their own, you know, stuff. Mm. And uh, everyone's got someone to report to or, or, or something. Um, but yeah, I, I was able to, to really just enjoy it for, for a fun opportunity. And yeah. Sheesh, I couldn't have paid for better marketing. <laughs> I bet. <laughs> Definitely uh, couldn't have afforded it at the time. <laughs> no, oh, I love that. And yeah, I'm sure it would have been such a beautiful experience. Like I said, I just think it was just so amazing that you were able to bring your magic into the world like that. So uh, guys, um, obviously I will have Ali's Instagram below, but I think there's some clips and stuff on your Instagram if you yeah. guys wanted to go have a look. Thank you. Yeah. So let's just get back to sound healing as a whole. And um, I, I guess my own experience, obviously with sound healing and, and my own voice, because I know that you do kind of work with people who are obviously wanting to sing um, or, you know, are having issues like I've had where, you know, their throat chakras are literally causing them so much fucking pain. So obviously that's something you're very, very passionate about. What is that like? How, how are you sort of helping the, these, these people? Yeah, so I work one-on-one -on -one as well as groups and I'm helping people dive deep into their voices and it's so much more, it's not your do-re-mi-fa-so voice lesson, it's very energetic where we are working with the energy centers in the body and so for me it's so much more than just a, a blocked throat chakra. Um, it's mm. a full system engagement that needs to take place for you to feel comfortable, to feel safe, you know, 
Um, so for example, the seven week program that I take my clients on is we spend week on week working with the energy centers. So we'll, we'll start the first week off in the root chakra and just diving into like, where did you not feel safe in your life to share your voice? You know, in what ways do you feel you don't belong? Um, and really just looking at those stories and of course, through the sessions, you know, it's pretty much half of it is just really diving into what are the beliefs and the narratives we hold and what do we feel in our bodies? And then once we're really clear on that, you know, I, I guide them to, you know, kind of visualize and create a new story um, and seeing themselves fully standing and supported and embodying their true authentic expression. Um, and then working with different tones to you know, essentially break through, blast off and remove any blocks in those energy centers. So by the time we get to the crown, it's, you know, your full channel is open and all energy centers are no longer obstructed mm -hmm. with stagnant energy and blocks so that it allows you to really connect to that deep, deep healing resonance within because, you know, our voices are a direct living connection to the deepest parts of who we are. And it's been lifetimes of silencing and suppressing and holding ourselves, um, holding ourselves back because of fear and, and other things. So there's a lot of, um, yeah, a lot of inner work that goes on in these sessions. Um, and I am ultimately just holding space for, for the others to, to do the work themselves. But um, yeah, it's not about, you know, my sessions, I tell them it's not about sounding good. It's not about hitting the right note. It's about making the vibrations and bringing your conscious awareness to the places in the body where we are going to be working. So, you know, where intention and awareness flows, energy goes. Mm. Uh, so really just reminding people of their ability to move energy in their own bodies through their voices because out of all the instruments in the world the most healing instrument on the planet is your voice so yeah i really i found that is an essential piece of sound healing is vocal activation um and you know now for most of the workshops that i do that involve sound healing there's almost always an element of some form of voice activation whether it's an ohm or, you know, a little bit deeper, um, really connecting people to their own medicine, because that's, that's where the juicy work is, is, is our own self healing abilities. Oh, it's so weird. And I just know from my, my personal experience, I think you, you know, you were sort of mentioning this before, just about how hard it was for you to kind of actually tap into your own voice. And I know for me, when I was, when I was just earlier this year, trying to find this, I have no problem singing someone else's songs, but the moment that I got a sound bowl out and I hit it and I started to feel that sort of vibration through me and that sound wanting to come out, it was just like my throat closed over. And it was like, oh, that moment that I actually have to share my own magic it was just like nothing. And yeah. so is that, is that kind of like, is that something that you sort of see quite often? Oh, it's so common. Yeah. I mean, there's so many dimensions to it as well, because add somebody sitting in front of you saying, okay, now uh, whatever wants to come through, it's like, oh, now it's not just me with a bowl in my room with the door shut. It's me in front of somebody either online or in person. Um, mm -hmm. So there's an element of self-judgment that I think we carry with or without external factors of people around or, or what have you. Um, and I think there's also the fear of the unknown. Um, and it's we're also biologically hardwired to care about what people think about us. And so if we don't like the sound that's coming out, we're quickly going to assume that we will not be accepted in our tribe um, because mm -hmm. of the sounds that we're making. So quick, don't do that ever again. Um and it's something we need to rework and reevaluate and create this loving compassion, cultivate this loving compassion for ourselves in, um, in trying and exploring and getting curious to sound. So yeah, for many of us, it's that, you know, that first few, first few minutes of just toning whatever wants to come through. It's like, kind of like taking out the trash as I refer to it. And I think it's been, mm. um, yeah, it's, it's been uh, very similar to the artist's way where she talks about streams of consciousness, just getting that stuff mm -hmm. out on pages, the morning pages, right? 
Um, and sometimes you just got to get it out and let things move because voice activation is a sexy term that I love to use, but it's not just one and done, boom, you're activated. It's like, no, it's play and it's work and we're going to continue. We need to create, you know, some, uh, some space for ourselves and some compassion and, and give ourselves the, um, the patience to, to let it unfold and to let it grow. And my voice is still developing and I'm interested to see where it will be excited to see where it will be in another 10 years after I've only just started opening up to this whole other realm of, of song channeling in the last, I'd say three years. Yeah. So beautiful. And I, I, I know for me, my, myself, I, um, I'm, I'll just be walking around the house now and I'm like, okay, I, I can feel something coming up that, or, you know, or dropping in that I've just got to sort of like hit that tone and just sort of like, let it go through me, I think is the best way to explain it. And, and as you said, this is something that it's not just a set and forget or once and you activate it. It's, it's, it's that constant thing. And I don't know for me personally as well, I think that for the listeners, you don't have to aspire to be a singer to do this kind of stuff. Like this is really healing just for your entire being and, and, and your chakra system as well, because it is literally a form of healing. I'm so glad you mentioned that because it is absolutely, you know, from our physiological perspective, when we sing, when we vibrate our vocal cords, we are activating, we are stimulating the vagus nerve and the vagus nerve is the major highway from our brain to every organ in our body. So it doesn't need to sound good for your full body and every function in your entire body to receive benefits from it. So you know, there's there's really two main ways to stimulate the vagus nerve, and it's singing and breathwork, which is mm-hmm. why I've become a breathwork facilitator because it's been so hugely transformative in my world and in helping clear the brain fog, to de-stress, to um, alleviate anxiety and, and all sorts of just byproducts of this human experience. But yeah, mm-hmm. I mean... And also, you know, when it comes to giving yourself the the permission to tone and, and make sound, like it doesn't need to sound like, you know, uh, like uh, an angel with a crystal ball and it doesn't need to sound like some tribal shamanic thing. You know, oftentimes when I'm walking around the house, like I just start making sound like, and just to get stuff out. And it's yeah. like, I don't know what that was some call it light language I would just say I'm taking out some more trash (laughs) and letting some sounds go through and maybe it's activating my neighbors (laughs) yeah I do sometimes worry that my neighbors are probably like what is happening in there because I can go from you know singing or rapping to doing some kind of like you know uh very sort of like low toned kind of like um you know tribal sort of noises at times who knows what comes out of my mouth because again I just feel that pull to be like something needs to come out of me right now and I just let it go (laughs) yeah well I mean sound moves matter moves energy Mm. and so we can use the sound of our own voices we can use the sound of instruments and uh why not do both I love this. So I'd love to know what's next for you. What's next in your your journey forward? Well, I mean, continuing to be be a beacon of light as as Mm. often and as much as I can. Um, So I currently am holding private sessions, uh, group sessions, whether it's breathwork, sound healing, voice activation. Um, I've got retreats, multiple retreats coming up next year. Um, what else, uh, just continuing to create more beautiful soul nourishing content on my YouTube channel, um, which, uh, definitely subscribe to because I will be adding some more juicy, good, uh, free goodness on there. And, um, yeah, I think really just, um, coming, uh, returning regularly back to my why, because it's easy to get lost in the likes and the Instagram and the this and the that. Mm. And I, I tell you right away when it aired and I probably took my, about a week or two for the thing to go viral. But um, I definitely saw, I, I was reacquainted with my shadow side um, quickly uh, after, you know, kind of having a bit of a come down from the massive excitement and whirlwind of, of the show and not to mention I had sort of ended something that um, 
I thought you know, a relationship that I thought was a little bit different, you know, when you create it to be something else in your head anyways. Um, so yeah, it was, uh, I had a bit of a come down and I had to mm. pick myself back up and, and, uh, remember why I do the work that I do. So my number one priority is taking care of my mental health and making sure I am a full activated, vitalized, you know, in love with life being because I cannot serve from any other place. And, and I really had to, um, yeah, come back to my why with all the, you know, the messages and the, the, the likes and things. It just sort of threw me off. Uh, but I'm happy to say I'm back, back on board. And, uh, excited to to continue to be of service so dreaming big i look forward to mm. some touring uh perhaps globally sharing not just you know music performances but you know healing workshops breath work sound healing voice activation and uh yeah maybe get started on that book <laughs> Yeah, I guess that's something that Ali and I were just talking about before. Mm -hmm. Yes, I love that. I'm curious, you talk about your why. And I think that, you know, having a really strong why and really keeping that at the forefront of our awareness is so important when we do have such a big mission. Like, do you want to just kind of like summarize what your why is to the listeners? Yeah. Well, as I've said in, in a few different uh, formats, ultimately my why is to raise the vibration of humanity. Um, having come through my own dark depths of despair and having found tools and practices that have completely trans transformed my life, it hurts not to share it. It's kind of mm -hmm. one of those things when you find something that feel, you're like, oh my goodness, why isn't everybody doing this? Why are people numbing themselves and contemplating potential suicide and just staring at screens and doing all sorts of hurtful things to their bodies when, oh, we could be playing, we could be smiling, we could have fun. And, you know, I constantly do the ping pong back and forth. And it's just this remember of like, no, we are good. So um, now that I know what to do, it's like I have a responsibility to share it with the world um, loud and proud. Mm, so I'm a I big, big advocate for mental health. And here in Australia, October is mental health month. So um, yeah, it's, it's a really, really important subject that I think goes, um, doesn't, doesn't get enough airtime. And it's not, it's, it's definitely not sexy on mainstream, you know, we just don't mm. talk about it there. And I don't really watch TV or, or read the news much. But um yeah, if we could really get one thing out there is is um, supporting your mental health. And it doesn't require a pill. For God's mm. sakes, everybody's looking for a quick fix. And I know all too well. I went around the world looking for a quick fix. And uh, you got to do the work. But you don't also need to go, you don't necessarily need to go to Peru to meet with a shaman. <laughs> You could mm. do some breath work uh, and uh, you could get a very similar uh, expanded state of consciousness. So um, it, yeah, it's just powerful stuff. So, mm. Thank you so much for sharing. I, I mean, I, I guess if I was to summarize mine, I have a very similar mission of just like raising the collective consciousness, raising the vibration. And I think that, yes. you know, talking to someone in the, it seems to everyone I talk to has, a very, very similar why, because I think in a, in its essence, if you really simplify what everyone's actually looking to do, it is just raise the vibration or raise the frequency or raise the collective consciousness, because we've all been through a dark night of the soul that ultimately generally what gets us into this work. And we see that shift within ourselves and we're just like, holy fuck, everyone needs this. And we get to bring our own magic to bring the people who need it into our world to hopefully raise them up. Yeah, and just make people feel a little bit better and a little less alone because isolation is killing us. And it's, it I is. mean, COVID did not help because everyone turned into, you know, um, hermits uh, as we had to for a bit. And then coming back into the world, it's like there's nothing more powerful than community and support and working together. And um, yeah, so, so many different factors that I, you know, I went on to um to share actually just last week in a podcast um 
just about how you can do all the things. You can do the breath work. You can do the meditation. You can do the the three-day water fast. You can do it all. But if you're not connecting with other humans, you're still going to be missing a massive ingredient to your healing journey because it's not about me, my, my purpose in a cave alone in India. It's about supporting Mm -hmm. each other. And when you realize that it's, you know, this whole solo quest of me, my, mine, and, um, you know, not realizing that you're in perpetual fight or flight, you know, survival mode in your nervous system. Um, yeah, it's, it's just so much more beautiful to do it with others. Yeah. Well, I mean, humans need each other. Humans, you know, we do thrive when we're around other people. And I think that, I think more people are realizing that now after having that kind of like forced isolation, I just like community is becoming such a, um, it seems to be something that's prominently spoken about these days and which I think is, is great. It's very age of Aquarius vibes, which I think will, will help yes. us as we transition into this. I love that. So uh, let's, um, I just forgot the question I was going to ask. All right, let's, <laughs> I would love for you to, this is it. I would love for you to share what is kind of like, what are some daily kind of things that you do that you really feel like help raise your vibration? Yeah. Well, I'll walk you through today because it's a really good Mm -hmm. example. Um, So I woke up and I had a little bit of warm lemon water and I went back to my bed and I did some really powerful breath work. I did about 20 minutes of super ventilation and then I meditated for 20 minutes and and then I um, went to the gym and I exercised my body and then I went for a sauna, uh, an infrared mm-hmm. sauna and I, I'm currently doing a detox right now. So whenever I do these cleanses and these breath works and these saunas, it starts to bring up so much. Um, it's like an emotional purge. So I cried my eyes out in the sauna contemplating things that have come through that I didn't realize old patterns old stories um I yeah meditated with my inner child in the sauna this morning telling her how much I love her and how um you know how she's safe and how she's supported and um yeah it was a really deep morning uh and then Mm. I came back uh got showered had some food and uh and here we are but most of my mornings, I, I tell my clients, you know, you can't see me until after 11 a.m. because I'm prioritizing my mental health first so that I can be a full, full cup, you know, a cup and a half uh, ready to serve because you can't serve from an empty cup. So whether it's a morning of walking the beach or doing some yoga, there's always going to be some form of breath work, some form of meditation because it is um necessary that I've I've found my world and not only that you know when it comes to things I regularly do it's like I take good care of my body I eat really good foods and there are definitely times where I don't (laughs) and I enjoy those cheese platters and the wine and the chocolate and I have a ball doing it and I feel pretty shit the next couple days um Mm. which is why I do it occasionally and um and I try to you know, always bless my food before I eat it, because even if it's chocolate or if it's a healthy smoothie, you know, how you feel as it goes into you and the thoughts you have around it creates how your bodies respond to it. So, um, Mm. yeah, lots of, lots of, uh, self-care, self-love, and of course, you know, breath work, um, and meditation. And then from that place, I feel, um, you know, singing just sort of comes, while I'm on my scooter on the way to the gym or, um, you know, just uh, kind of integrating post weather sauna or, um, uh, or some sort of physical activity. Mm, what a beautiful morning. Why? <laughs> I'm just like, well, I know I'm dying ah. to journal about what's happened. Yeah. It's, uh, it's going to be my next activities to journal, but uh, yeah. my brain moves too fast for handwriting. So I've got it all in a digital form which will be helpful for my book. <laughs> I I journal now. I journal now on my phone for the exact same reason. I was just like, this needs, there needs to be a better way. Um, I'll see. I need a keyboard. I'm like, <laughs> hey, you know, if you can type on your phone faster than, than you can write, there you go. Yes. 
Yeah, yeah, yes. No, I'm a very, very quick typer. And but again, laptop, I will hit that out as well. Whatever it is, I just I can't. My brain, same thing, works too quickly for my hand. Though when it comes to casting spells and setting intentions, I feel like you gotta write them down. But that's that's a different practice. It's like journaling is more therapy when it comes to manifestations and setting, you know, planting seeds. I will take my sweet time and write it down. But um, yeah, time and a place for everything. Absolutely. From percent look, I'm a witch. I have my altar. It's got all of my <laughs> spells and stuff on there. And yeah, they are handwritten. So I love that. Oh, what a lush morning. It honestly just like, uh, I'm so big on, you know, for me, my morning practice is four to five hours. It's generally the same every day, but I know the importance for my mental health to just like have that just like undisrupted time. So I love that, you know, you were just so able to, to share what yours looked like to give the listeners a bit of a different perspective. Same stuff, although I don't get to really go to a sauna much. So I love that you're able to do that. Yes. Yeah. It's one of those, uh, I don't care what my finances are doing. Sauna, it's like number one priority for the week, at least once a week. So I can Mm. just sweat it out and be forced in a box of silence because I try not to listen to anything in there uh, unless it's like a Dr. Joe Dispenza tuning into new potentials meditation. Mm. But um, yeah, yeah, I'm very grateful to be able to to do this and, and have my clients, you know, after after I do that and or uh, workshops yeah. on the weekend. So it's good. Mm. Mm, I love that. I love that. You're obviously really creating a life that that honors you and puts you first. But then, as you said, it gives you that cup and a half that you can actually now pour in to your clients and, and your workshops and stuff, which is honestly the way we, that we all should be prioritizing ourselves. So I love that. Thank you. All right. So let's wrap it up with one final question. And I would just really, I want you to just share anything else that's kind of sitting on your heart right now that you feel like needs to be said. There's anything. Mm. So I think for me, what has been most present, especially from this morning, is really honoring and loving all the parts of ourselves. So, for example, I had some pretty negative self di- or inner dialogue, witnessing myself going from being super healthy, super happy to uh, getting back on what is the weed or whether it was just like eating a bit too much crap food and noticing that little like hungry ghost coming out when I wasn't getting the satisfaction I was hoping for out of the relationship and and then the likes on Instagram where I just sort of lost the plot. And then, and that's when I turned to, you know, the, the substances and the things to fuel me and feed me. And, um, and I had a lot of resistance towards this part of me that I was like, nope, we're going on another cleanse. I don't like that addictive, you know, part of me. And this morning it was like, no, that addictive part of you is just a little girl who's hurt love her and do Mm. not shame her for her behavior because she's just coping with, you know, the only way she knows how. And for me, it's some sort of oral fixation because, you know, what's going to come up, we just want to push it down with food, with, you know, smoking, drinking, whatever it can be. And so I really had this beautiful moment of like, no, love and honor and cherish all the parts of yourself, even the ones that, you know, that you deem inappropriate or unacceptable. And the one that said they were going to go to the gym, but didn't like let her be (laughs) and love her because Mm. she is all part of this divine symphony of spirit. And um, and when it comes to spirituality, you know, it's, it's, was that your question? What, What is spirituality? Well, just what's on your heart, but yeah, spirituality, talking to that. Cause I don't even think I asked that at the beginning, like I usually would. Okay. <laughs> um, but yeah, I mean, for me, spirituality is, uh, is, is essentially a practice that brings us closer to our own divinity. And uh, mm. it's, it's having that trust in something so much greater than the mind. And I think we often get so hung up in what we can think, what we can see, what we can plan, what we can calculate. And it's often the unseen that is the most potent and magical so yeah Mm. I love that that was so beautiful thank you thank you thank you thank you this has been an amazing conversation 
Yay. Um, it has been such an honor to have you on here. So obviously I will put the link below, but would you, would you just like to let everyone know where they can kind of connect with you, different social medias, YouTube, as you said? Absolutely. Yeah. So you can find me on Instagram as at Melodious Yogi. Uh, and that is also my website, MelodiousYogi.com. Uh, also AliSkiba.com works um, as well. And on YouTube, I think my handle is also at Melodious Yogi. Facebook is also at Melodious Yogi. So if anyone listening is keen to work together for vocal activation and or breath work and sound healing, um, head to my website. Uh, and also I offer one-on-one mentorship for my aspiring uh, light workers and sacred space holders. So, um, so much we can do together and I would be delighted to work with you. Yes, if you guys have resonated with anything that Ali has spoken into today, definitely go connect with her on one of her social medias. Have a look at working with her. She obviously has such a beautiful energy and magic that she's bringing to the world that, yeah, I just keep spreading the light, my love. Thank you so much. Such a pleasure to be here and uh, all the best to you. Thank you so much. All right. Thanks, guys. And I'll see you in the next episode.